Building a personal brand is one of the most useful things that you can do for your business. But what happens when you want to build a brand which is based on your company, and in particular you want to sell a physical product instead of selling services? Or maybe you want to add physical products to the services that you are already selling. And this is what we are talking today on episode 249 of Explode Your Expert Business Show. Hi, my name is Simone Vincenzi and I'm your host. And this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. And today I have the pleasure to interview Alex Brown, which is very well known for founding a company called Dollar Beer Club, which hit 10 million in its first year without doing any performance marketing or affiliate help. And uh, we're going to talk uh, all about branding, uh, branding your product, creating an e-commerce company. And that always a different topic than we normally cover, as uh, we talk a lot about how to build a service-based business as an expert, as an authority in your field. But I know that uh, some of you might want to go into the, um, uh, into the online uh, e-commerce space, or maybe they want to add uh, a physical product to your existing services. So if that's you, then this episode is perfect for you. Now, before I let you know more about Alex and what we are covering today, I want to remind you about our expert business checklist. Because if you haven't downloaded it yet, and if you haven't taken our free business assessment, you are crazy. Yes, you are. Because it is the most useful tool that you will use for your business. It is a very simple checklist that will help you identify where are you in the expert journey and what you should focus on the most in your business. So then you are not following someone else's dream. You're not following someone else's strategy. And you're doing something that works for you and your business at the right time. Timing is really important. So make sure you download the expert business checklist. And you can scroll down here and you find the, the link in the show notes. Or you can go online and find gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So you can do these two ways. But the easiest one, if you can scroll down and just get the link, do it right now before we start. And the checklist will be delivered to you straight away via email. Now, back to the show. Uh, as I said uh, today, I have got the pleasure to interview the one and only Alex Brown. He has been launching e-commerce companies for over five years, starting with multiple successful crowdfunding campaigns like Coolbox, which ended up on uh, ABC's Shark Tank. And he's best known as the co-founder of the viral hit Dollar Beer Club, which hit the first 10 million in their first year with no performance marketing or affiliate help. And he's going to become a scalable and globally known brand with over, listen to this, 300 million video views. Since exiting Dollar Beer Club, uh, Alex has been advising multiple companies, speaking around the world on branding and content marketing. And he currently runs the first e-commerce brand accelerator program for companies on pace for eight figures and is an advisor to NGOs helping build entrepreneurial ecosystems. In this episode, we talk about how to build a brand with passion and purpose, what structures are important to consider when building a physical product business online, and how to create a real impact with your business and massive enterprise value. 
Now you can find the, the link, the transcripts and the bonus resources as well as the video of the entire interview at gtex.org.uk forward slash 249. So it's gtex.org.uk forward slash 249. And you can find the link here in the show notes as well um, if, that you can just click and it will open the blog post page. And also, if you scroll down, you will find as well the contact details of Alex Brown. Make sure you connect with him um, if anything that says then resonates with you. Now, without further ado, it's time to get started with episode 249, Build the e-commerce brand the world needs with Alex Brown. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. And today I'm here with the one and only Alex Brown. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I am incredibly well. As I said before, during the, the pre-chat, I've been interviewing a few of the Highlanders from <laughs> uh, from Croatia. So it's, uh, it's good to reconnect with you. And um, I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, now, probably our listeners, uh, if you have been listening for a while, you know about the trip that we had in Croatia. We talk a bit about that. Uh, if you haven't, just check out the episode that I did. is in the link that you can find in the show notes. But um, so, Alex, before we talk about uh, how to build uh, like uh, an e-commerce uh, brand and how to build solid e-commerce businesses. Uh, tell us a bit more about you, your background. How do you, did you end up and where are you right now? Yeah, definitely. So I guess the most relevant part of my journey, there's been lots of it that I'll skip past just for time's sake. But uh, I've been in the e-commerce industry for almost five and a half years. And it started out really in the crowdfunding space. So mm -hmm. I was introduced to my former business partner, Chris, uh, through a mutual friend, and he had just launched a crowdfunding campaign for a wearable product. And I really didn't even know what crowdfunding was at the time. But um, he was a brilliant, still is a very brilliant, visionary kind of guy that's great with like branding and big ideas. And I'm really good with kind of taking those ideas and breaking them into practical steps. And so within you know a week of, of meeting him, it, we just established that we, we'd be really good at working together. So I hopped in, we started fulfilling these orders, we went through the whole rounds of getting a product engineered in China, and uh, all sorts of really fun stuff that was really difficult actually working with a technical product. Um, but it was, it was this really cool environment where you could have an idea, create a campaign, sell the product, then go and make it. And so we did that a couple times. We had a golf product uh, and we kind of got a knack for it and started to attract some amazing people mm -hmm. into our network that could do, you know, like launch videos and websites and different stuff. So for a while we had a bit of an agency helping other people out, kind of duplicating what we'd been doing to create these successful campaigns and launch the products and stuff. And then we launched another project of our own called Coolbox, which was kind of a breakthrough for us. Uh, we had about a half million dollar, just over a half million dollar crowdfunding campaign for that. It landed my business partner on Shark Tank, which again was just great for leveling up our experience and our network. Uh, I wasn't quite as good on camera at the time, so I opted out for being on the episode. But looking back, I, like, I should have just went for it. Why uh, didn't I go there? <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's strange that we can talk about this later, but like being on yeah. camera and, and being interviewed and stuff like that, for some people it takes a bit of time. For me, I know it did, and now I get to interview people. But uh, I digress. Anyway, so... On the tail of that experience, we were you know, manufacturing the product and going through all that process, again, with another very complicated large product, uh, which is a whole different conversation, wouldn't recommend it. Uh, we started the idea of Dollar Beard Club, which became the Beard Club. 
And, you know, all of us that were working on these projects, we grew our beards, we were living natural, we didn't want to have like chemicals and all this stuff in our, our house. We saw that like beard products were a thing like beard oil and balm and shampoo and all this stuff. But everybody was selling it kind of as like, you know, boutique operations for mm-hmm. $20 or $30 each product. Yeah. And, you know, in a previous life, I'd done contract manufacturing consulting, helping like pharmaceutical companies find manufacturers. And so I just started, you know, knocking on the doors of contract manufacturers. We created some formulations. We, you know, used all of our contacts and, and you know, a guy that we had in-house as a co-founder that created videos. And so we shot our first video and we started showing it to people that we had met through the Shark Tank experience. And like, wow, this is really huge. Um, you know, this is going to be really big. So mm-hmm. we kind of worked behind closed doors in the business for about, I'd say about eight months. And then as, you know, the, the Coolbox project was kind of teetering off, we launched and we never really expected how big it was going to go. But we went like absolutely viral with our sort of like launch campaign and launch video. We had a couple influencers that shared it, but it started hitting like Reddit. And then it was all over like BuzzFeed and Huffington yeah, Post. Yeah, it was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was, it was crazy. And, you know, I, it's, I it's knew expand- about it. I knew about it when you guys launched, uh, even if I don't have a beard. <laughs> so <laughs> man, that's how you know right. that it was everywhere. <laughs> and I mean, we, we can chat about this too when we go into building a brand. But that was sort of yeah. like what, uh, what made that so special and the launch so big was that, you know, someone would see that video or any of our like sort of launch videos and they, they would love it and they would tag their friend that had a beard or, you know, someone's mom would tag their son. It was just this kind of viral network effect. Um, and that was all very well and good. We ended up doing $10 million in sales in our first year, which is like awesome in e-commerce without any affiliates. Uh, but what happened was we had no systems and structures in place to run yeah. uh, an eight-figure e-commerce business. And we had this very fast track to success in selling products. Uh, but there's so much more to running any business than just sales. Uh, so it was just this accelerated learning curve. Of, starts the operational this nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> totally like this is broken we're out of products we're out of cash we you know we're just trying to forecast and and blend and do everything and create systems on the fly so it's a tremendously good experience and they're all great problems to have uh but it was really like you know getting your your master's degree in uh e-commerce on the fly right yeah so uh and then about a year ago i stepped back from the business and have mostly exited and uh, I just love, like I've been doing a lot of speaking internationally, just kind of on our experience and how people can duplicate that and mostly actually avoid our uh, mistakes that we made and pitfalls that we made. Um, and so love sharing those experiences. I've been doing some advisory work with other companies and now I have an accelerator program for, uh, for e-commerce companies that are looking to kind of grow and, and again, avoid our mistakes. So I've got a, a good taste of building our own brands, but now I'm, I get the, the cool variety and you know, honestly still get to learn every single day from helping sure. other companies because somebody that's, you know, on day one of their entrepreneurial journey, uh, you know, might know, know something that somebody that's on year 30, right? So I think as entrepreneurs, we're always continually learning. And as soon as, as soon as I think that I know it all, I'm in for a rude awakening. I've, I've come to learn yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how, what keeps us humble, uh, <laughs> to say, actually, uh, I mean, it's, um, I can always learn. It's a, it's a yeah. everyday journey. What I know now, um, also my knowledge is relevant to what I know, not to the other things that it's to my experiences. There's yeah. so much that I have not done or, or seen yet that, that keeps us on our toes. Uh, I have a question for you now because you're now uh, you've done both. So you've 
uh, your your sold services based on your personal brand, which is like your consulting or the work that you're doing, but also you have been very successful as well with e-commerce and you are very successful with e-commerce. So what do you find is the biggest difference between selling a physical product and having a business that sells a physical product and a business that sells services or maybe can be online education? Um, I mean, so there's there's a lot of differences. I think there's a lot of similarities too. Um, there's a lot of things that you learn in, that are applicable to both sides of the business. But you know, I, again, I was in for a huge learning experience when I switched from kind of marketing or you know selling physical products to marketing myself. Um, I think one of the biggest differences um, is kind of the cash flow that's involved in physical products. Now, there are certain business models where you don't have to really stock inventory. But if you're building your own company and your own brand with your own products, um, that's one sort of difficulty that pretty much everyone that's looking to grow runs into is kind of the cash crunch. And if you have really great margins, it's not as bad. But a lot of companies will make you know most of their cash on the second and third um, order for those mm-hmm. products, right? So um, that's that's a huge difference there. Um, but a lot of like the principles uh, are very applicable to both. You just need to kind of like you know, find those similarities and just use what gifts you have as an entrepreneur, no matter which side you're coming from. And it was, again, one of those situations, like I said, where I'm like, cool, I know all this stuff about selling physical products. I'll apply that to, you know, building my brand more and, um, you know, kind of fell flat on my face in a lot of ways when I was like, cool, how do I now market? I spent all this time building like a really great um, learning platform and infrastructure and I was like, oh, crap, you know, I've never sold anything like this before. And, you know, had to learn how to do yeah. really the sales process and copywriting and um, different things that honestly were skills that I should have developed in the journey of building a physical products company. And again, going back to that, like, continual learning, um, you know, some days you're frustrated when you don't know something. But then at the end of the day, you have to be like, cool, this is an opportunity for me to learn and grow because this is going to be applicable to what I'm doing now and mm-hmm. what I'm going to do in the future because – I don't know about you, but that's like always kind of flowing and changing. And the more I think I'm like trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up, the more I just come to the answer of, you know, just let it be and like the answers will come and Mm -hmm. do what you're doing now and, and try and be really good at it. Absolutely, and then uh, let let the universe just bring you what he has to bring, <laughs> yeah. And and focus on the now. That's what we can focus on. So uh, let's uh, keep talking about uh, a bit more uh, about the differences, and then we go into the similarities in the in, in the actual uh, branding of the product and the services and so on. So uh, other differences. So you mentioned like stock and inventory. When you're yeah. having physical products, you need to be aware about what stock and inventory you're putting in. in yeah. And in particular, you have a higher cost up front. Um, what else? What else? The, what other differences there are? So even within like selling physical products itself, there are so many differences between selling a supplement versus selling a cosmetics product, right? So there's like when you look at the product itself, um, there starts to be added complexity depending on the industry, like the vertical, the niche that you're in, if you will. So mm-hmm. I think – that's kind of another key difference is really having uh, the need to have like a solid understanding of what it is you're selling. There are plenty of people that get into selling physical products and they're really great at marketing, right? So they're great at Facebook ads and Instagram yeah. ads and, and lead generation. And that's definitely all well and good. You know, you can be very successful with certain business models in the industry with just that knowledge alone. 
But I think if you want to take it to the next step, you need to kind of become a product person, right? You need to really care about what it is that you're selling and then start to educate yourself on that because a lot of times mm -hmm. that will provide you the triggers of, of what will allow somebody to buy a lot easier, right? Or what will like connect in someone's mind is, oh, this is a product I need. As you understand like what the features are, how they feel when they're using the product. Um, so I think that's another key difference is really being um, you know, a product nerd. And I'm not sure if that's really a difference too mm -hmm. because I think when you're doing service-based businesses, yeah. you have to care about the service that you're selling. You have to believe in it, you have to do it well, or else you have no longevity because people aren't coming back and they're not referring you to friends and stuff. And that's, I think, really where growth for any company um, lies is in doing great work and having people talk about it. So now we've come full circle and I've said that that's a similarity. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was a good answer, but uh, yeah. I think like, you know, that, that physical connection with something physical versus just, you know, the service itself, I think is a big one. I know that there are a lot of, for example, listeners that will have this question uh, that is going to be answered probably when we go into branding in a minute. But uh, I think that uh, you've done uh, the opposite journey. Right. There are a lot of people that in this industry, they will go first of all and build their name or their face as an influencer or building services. And then from the back of that, they will decide to create a product or a product or a physical product, yeah. which links to that brand, to their personal brand. You've done the opposite, which is first of all, actually focusing on building the, the, the product brand. Yeah. And actually, the product brand made you known for your personal brand, <laughs> right? Right. So, can you talk a bit more about, uh, like, when if you are, for example, if you are, want to sell products or services which are physical, and you have a personal brand, what are the things that you need to be aware of, and also how was your journey? Yeah, I think um, I think if you have a personal brand, if you have a following, you have people that like, know, and trust you. Um, even if it's not a huge one, even if it's say, you know, a thousand true fans, for example, um, you have a tremendous advantage for a number of reasons instead of kind of going the other way. If you plan on having your product match to the same sort of audience that you cater to. And that's like, usually that would be a good, you know, strategy for you because not only do you have that audience, not just for sales, but for things like feedback and like a lot of the really important things you need to do to create a great product and a great mm. experience. Um, but you should theoretically have some sort of passion for what you're doing, right? And I think that's at the heart of every great brand is a really solid like why do you exist, right? And why are you passionate about this? Why are you building this product versus something else? So um, I think anybody that's coming from the opposite approach of what I did has all of those advantages and can connect with a product easier, can connect with an audience deeper and create feedback loops that allow them to iterate and make better products easier. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, depending on how loyal your following is and how many people that you know um, that are following you, then you can certainly send a lot more sales than in, in starting off with, you know, no list and nothing. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I'm glad the way like the way it worked out for me. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. Love the journey, um, but it would be cool to to start something now with an audience. Yeah. So then you have already people that are following you, and uh, now uh, t let's talk a bit more about brand. Uh, you mentioned that there are a lot of similarities about uh, building a product brand and also building a personal brand. One of them is the purpose, your why, uh, how much you care. So why do you exist? 
what other similarities did you find in terms of building a, a successful product brand and a successful personal brand in this in this space? Um, I mean, so there, there's a number of them. I kind of mentioned this before is, so when I look at branding, there's three main questions I typically sort of ask, and it kind of goes in a circular motion. Branding is never like a straight line. Your brand's kind of like evolving and changing, and you get more and more connected with it. Why is kind of the first question, and it's like, why do you exist? And like, you know, what's the mission? What's the reason behind this? But moving to the next one is really like, what, right? And so like, what is this? And I think, you know, again, like the similarities between the physical product business and, you know, a service-based business or a personal brand-based business is that like at the heart of every good business that can truly grow is a good solid, like what, right? So whether that's a physical product, whether that's like the service that you deliver, um, you can't build a business with longevity unless that, that promise is being fulfilled, right? And then that promise becomes the story that other people are telling about you when you're not in the room, right? And that's where that kind of explosive growth happens. Um, I think what people often fail to realize, and myself included in, in both cases, physical product and in services, is really um, what beyond the product itself and beyond the service itself, what people are actually buying, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, a big, I'm a big Seth Godin fan, and yeah. I believe it was in This Is Marketing, his latest book, talks about, you know, like people, there's a famous saying, people don't want a quarter inch drill bit, they want a quarter inch hole. And he kind of takes it further. He's like, well, actually, they want to be able to hang the shelf on their wall so they can put stuff on it. Actually, they want to be able to come home uh, and their wife goes like, oh my God, you hung the, you know, you hung the shelf. Oh, sweetie, thank you so much, right? So kind of going deeper into like what it is you're selling of, it's often not your physical product. It's not your service. It can be things like confidence. If you're talking about like, you know, our products where guys are putting it on and feeling confident, they'd feel connected with each other because they're part of this like club and movement. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, you know, coaching services or advisory work, people are looking for like, you know, peace of mind and, and availability to spend more time with their family and availability to spend more cash because they're, they have more coming in and how does that feel? And like, you know, their business is running better. So, um, really understanding what that is beyond the product that people are actually buying, uh, whether it's physical or non-physical, uh, that's what creates, I think, the anchors for the buying triggers, mm-hmm. right? And that then becomes a part of your messaging and allows people to connect with it deeper. Um, and the last component to it is, like, the last question that I ask, um, and it's not the last that kind of you continue to, to grow yeah. deeper on this, is really, like, who it's for, you know? And Seth talks about this, I think it was in Purple Cow, is kind of finding that minimum viable audience, Right. So if you try and be all things to all people, whether it's physical or non-physical business, you often fall flat on your face. Right. Um, It's I think it's about being specific and really understanding who the people that you want to serve are, which, again, gives you, you know, clearer clues on what it is they need and sort of product or service direction. But really understanding um, like who you're targeting and just like generating really good results for those people, talking specifically to those people. If your product is meant to go viral or, or just reach a bigger audience, and it will, mm-hmm. uh, for your service, um, you need to start with somebody that's really going to care about it. And if you look at the example of the Beard Club, our videos were really exclusively for guys with big beards. Yeah. And since yeah. then, you know, the marketing has switched more and, you know, my beard isn't as big as it used to be. But this represents most of the beard market or people that keep it trim, right? So initially, someone that had a beard size like this might not look at those videos and be like, oh, you know, I'm going to try beard products. They would say, oh, that's for the bearded guys. Well, at the time, like, 
you know, the, the beard wave was really like hitting its like plat peak and plateau. And I wouldn't say it's really teetered off since then, but it was just like pop culture about beards, right? So we were able to hijack mm -hmm. that movement as it was catering up or teetering up. So, you know, really starting with those guys then allowed someone like you who didn't have a beard to see the video, right? Because all these people were sharing it. And things were a little different then in terms of being able to get organic views on Facebook. A uh, little. Our, a our little. <laughs> uh, now, like, yeah. you know, the audience that we have is, you know, well over a million people that like us on Facebook. And to get them, the people who signed up to see our stuff, to see our own content is even a struggle, let alone other people. So the yeah. timing was right on that one. But again, like coming back to the, you know, who it's for, just like really understanding um, where you can get uh, a, a solid foothold. And then like going into service-based businesses, it's like if, if I said like I want to help everyone in e-commerce, I probably wouldn't be able to even create any services that would create success for them. You know, I, I look to work with people that are doing at least $100,000 a year in sales is kind of like the minimum, right? So they have a bit of like, you know, the hard learning experiences behind them. They have a base yeah. understanding, right? I know who it is like I look to serve and what I can help them, help them with, right? So, you know, again, that was a learning lesson for me of like, hey, here's all this information and, you know, it can be applicable to somebody that's early on, it can be applicable to someone that's late on, but I learned like, hey, no, you, you just really need to speak to this one sort of like avatar, if you will. Yeah. And that's somebody that went through the struggles that I made and like that, that creates the, you know, an, an easier pathway to have a relatable story because like, hey, I've done what you're doing right now, I've made the mistakes that you're making, you know, and here's a solution to kind of help you jump past that a little bit. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those are kind of like the three branding questions that I think are very true for physical and non-physical businesses. Um, and allowing yourself to ask those again and again, I think, and not seeing things in a linear fashion, which I'm terrible for in business uh, and in life too. I'm like, cool, well, once I'm done this, then there's this at the end or like this is the goal Right. And not being present enough in the journey and understanding like that everything is really a process. Yeah. But, you know, allowing yourself to ask those questions again and again. Oh, one quick story before we go to the next question. So something that reconnected us with our, our why and why the business really existed with Beard Club. If you asked us when we first started, we're like, well, I mean, we exist because we make, we make great products and they're cheaper than everywhere else. And, you know, that was a problem. And this is our solution. And it really didn't resonate. Like even saying, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But we had a couple guys that got their logo, our logo tattooed on their arms. We're like, this is so cool. Like that's, that's our, our company. That's a brand that we created. And people were wow, getting so do you, had, you had people actually to get in tattoos about yeah. that. Oh my getting God. Tattoos of our company <laughs> it's like that we Adla Adlai Davidson next level. <laughs> well, it was like this huge compliment and we sent them a bunch of products and uh, we had a team meeting coming up. And it was kind of like planning out the next few phases of the brand. And so I called one of the guys and I was like, hey, man, I got to know, like, why the heck did you do that? And what he said really kind of transformed a lot of our outlook on why the business existed. I'll, I'll paraphrase a little bit, but really said, you know, like he didn't have a, a personal care routine before. Right. So like putting stuff on his face and having this routine of taking care of himself was an acknowledgement that he's worth taking care of. Right. So it's creating this like routine of confidence and building himself up. And it was like, you know, he was a shy guy. He didn't meet a lot of new people, but if he saw a guy with a big beard, he'd be like, dude, have you seen the beard club videos? And like created this pathway for him to start talking to people and made it easier. So like, Hey, we're creating a community where 
we're helping people feel more confident and building them up, right? So just by asking that of our, our who, like this guy couldn't be any more of our target market. He has a huge beard and he's got a freaking like tattoo of our Ideal logo. Ideal client. Talk, like... talk about you know, the avatar <laughs> sort of person. So yeah. we, we asked this guy, you know, like what is it that we're doing that is allowing us to like, you know, get that position in your heart? And we're like, oh man, this is so much more than just selling beard oil, right? And it gave us this clear direction on why, right? And sometimes, you know, business isn't going well. I'm sure you've had hard patches. I've had plenty of them. Cheese. And <laughs> if you lose sight of, of why you're really doing it yeah. and not just in like a, you know, like start with why, like I love that concept, but I think sometimes it's not practical enough. It's like reconnect with why of like, why is it that you're doing this? And sometimes that changes, right? Sometimes it gets stronger or sometimes you come to it and you're like, I don't really resonate with this anymore. I need to like pivot as a company or maybe this isn't like the direction I want to go because um, the way this business is going doesn't align with who I am and, and why I do things and who I want to be. So I think it's important to come back to that question and look to the people that you're serving and ask them why they bought. And then yeah. you'll get these clues that help you make a bit, much better brand. It's like your clients have all the answers. <laughs> you have a question yeah. about your business, ask your clients. <laughs> then most of the time they will tell you in particular, they're, they're ask, right clients. Ask the they're people right that clients. love you and ask the people that hate you. Yeah, absolutely. So now I have a, before um, we, we go towards the end of the interview, I have a question about uh, viral videos because uh, of course, like you can you can say there are other brands that have a big why, that uh, they know they have a great product, they, they serve it well, they listen to their clients. But one of the things that uh, you've done, and of course there is uh, an element of timing, which we see like all the biggest company that had like a huge growth timing and uh, place in history and time it was a huge factor like like you yeah. said for for dollar bill club but also you had uh, this element of creating uh, engaging videos and creating engaging content that gets people to talk to each other not just to talk to you yeah as a brand um so what are some of the elements that uh, create this kind of videos uh, instead of having a video that you just post and then someone's like huh yeah. cool <laughs> then scroll past well i would say like the first sort of because i get asked about this all the time is like how do i create? A I'm, I'm sure i'm like the million person who has no, this no, question. It's, it's great because i think it's important um um i mean we were we were really good at creating videos but like you said the timing is right for organic reach and stuff i think a really important question to ask before you get started on this process and i'll talk about what makes videos great and sticky but is like you know, what's the goal of the video and the goal of the business, right? Going viral and getting a ton of attention is great, but the real goal is to gain influence and gain sales, right? Mm -hmm. So in this environment today, it's better to have video assets, like multiple video assets that you can use to serve ads to people, retarget them, or build a relationship at the top of the funnel and then sort of like work your way in. So I always tell people that you know it's important to prioritize what the goals of those videos should be and to plan that they don't go viral. If they do, that's a tremendous bonus. It's very, very hard to do now. I'm not even sure that we could duplicate the success that we had in this environment. Um, so timing definitely helped us out. But um, it's it's sort of like the lottery solution, right? And again, going back into the you know the journey part, it's like getting one vid video that does really well like i think what kind of separated us too is we had like eight videos that went viral like we were really good at it right but 
just trying to hope for that one off that's going to like blow up your company like that mindset is dangerous in business yeah. and you know we i think we've all been there is like hey there's this one partnership that's going to change the game and we and forget like work. the mechanics of the mm. basics of business that you've been talking about so just with that caveat of like you know don't put all your chips in that basket ever and like look at video as a process and a way to like actually sustainably grow your business might actually be better than just getting a whole bunch of business all at once and probably screwing a lot of it up like we did and not having the systems in place. Um, that said, what makes for great video content, we mentioned this already, is like the ability to connect with like this audience really well so that somebody else that's not in that audience but sees somebody who is, right? Like, you know, say you had a big beard and your buddy saw a beard club video, he would tag you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that connection of, hey, this is for you, you should see this. The content should also be like super engaging. Like we chose comedy for basically all of our videos, right? And like sort of the familiarity and parody. So we would take, we did a, a pharmaceutical, my favorite video we did was a pharmaceutical spoof of like, you know, a guy can't grow a beard and like all these side effects of like, you know, what it takes and all this stuff. But so we took something that everybody hates, which is those pharmaceutical commercials that are all super fake. We made it funny. So we kind of hijacked that in their brain and used like the familiarity to rewrite that code in their brain. Um, mm -hmm. You can also do that same thing with like a very serious, like emotional topic that people are really engaged in, right? So knowing who it's for allows you to kind of sink into that mindset. Uh, working with good creative people that can help you hijack that is really, really important, yeah. right? And And so like, I think just taking the time to be more mindful and also to be able to experiment with stuff. Like not everything we did was gold. You know, we had videos that just didn't do well. We had videos that were off brand. We tried too hard and spent too much money and things wouldn't fly. We would make this quick, funny video for, you know, 2000 bucks, uh, you know, on a Saturday afternoon because we were bored and it would sell like 500 grand with products, right? So yeah. experimenting and trying things um, is, is super, super important. But the last thing I'll kind of say is like what made the beard club so sticky is that there was an underlying connection between guys who had big beards and it's called like the beard nod and you can look it up. But it's like this kind of acknowledgement of like, hey, we have the same beard. Like, and you like see kind that. of like the bike nod, the biker nod. Exactly. Okay. Right. The motorcycle wave. Yeah. Now it's like Teslas and Jeep. It's just this acknowledgement that there's some sort of existing connection and intimacy with people. And so whatever your business is, the people that are in it that you serve as customers, there are already several connections, right? It's like this mistaken, I think, I think it's like this fallacy to think that you have to go and create this new secret handshake and, you know, like do this proprietary thing that belongs to your business. And although that can be really successful, yeah. there are already things that link your people together that you can then kind of hijack and, and, and claim and create as your, you know, sort of your mechanism for becoming top of mind. Right. So yeah. really understanding what those motorcycle waves and beard nods are within your customer communities and then just, you know, testing things uh, and testing content out that allows them to connect through your content allows you to be sort of like the guide and not the hero, if you will, in the branding journey. People all want to be their own hero and they want to connect with one another and they don't want to be the same. They want to be part of movements and, you know, all that stuff is is readily available already. You just need to find out ways to like tweak and tap into it. And that's where I recommend people start is not trying to start their own, uh, you know, club or their own wave. It's figuring out what that is, you know, already and then tapping into it 
and and just making content on those lines. Yeah, what, what I'm getting from this interview, which I think some of the biggest takeaway I personally had, and of course, everyone who is listening will have their own ones. Now, for me, is uh, looking at what is culturally happening because uh, you mentioned before about the, the different trends in the, in the beer industry where you had people that first of all they were wearing long beards and now that and that was part of the trend so you aligned yourself to already mm -hmm. something that was existing uh, instead of forcing your culture or your ideal vision onto someone and tell me you should be like that they were already wanting to be like that yeah <laughs> and then adjusting as well now that uh, maybe people are having different kind of shapes of beard then catering more for that type of audience because the flow of the industry is moving slightly in that direction and and as well creating that sense of belonging because that's yeah. that's what we crave as humans um i mean i'm a basketball player uh, i go in a basketball court never met these people before boom you're like best mates forever yeah. <laughs> and 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 this is what happened so looking at these communities that are already created now before i would add to that too go for it that's especially relevant now because like we're you know you look at someone was telling me the other day like bowling is is on the rise and never been more popular but like bowling leagues are basically dying out right so people are starving for connection right now we're on these things all day every day being more and more separated so creating those connections like you were just saying is like a gold mine and it's 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 important and i think it's important that we as entrepreneurs facilitate connections because it's really easy to sell things by you know breaking people down telling them they're not good enough unless they buy your product or service and you turn on the like the media and uh, sorry turn on the news and the media is just like bombarding you with all these negative things and telling you how you're either left or you're right or you're trump or you're hillary or whatever i think it's really important that we as marketers and entrepreneurs understand the influence that we have in reaching millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people with our ads and stuff and use that for good purposes to bring people together and be seen as one of those people. And I think that those are going to be the heroes moving forward this time. I totally agree with you. Totally with you. So now before we wrap up, uh, it's time to get into the part of the interview where we lift the veil. So that's where I'm going to ask you to share like an app or a book uh, or a practice, something that uh, you found for your business or your personal life that is worth sharing. Uh, what's that for you? Uh, I like to go streaking. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> basically, um, I think a really good one is actually, I think the most powerful thing other than just being willing to learn and make mistakes and, and just moving forward in business for me has been having a wonderful network and people that have helped me at a jams, both as like service providers and meeting the right people in that respect, but just as like mentors and support systems and friends, right? So, I mean, how you and I met was through baby bathwater. So going to high level masterminds and events where, you know, it's curated, you know, that there's going to be good people there. The connections I've met in those events have gotten me so far ahead in business mm -hmm. and supported me so much just when I'm having one of those hard times. And I'm like, dude, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do here. You call up one of your friends who can help or who can just like listen to you. Because nine times out of 10, we already know the answer to our problems. And you just need someone to hold up a mirror and you go, oh, yeah. Okay, that's it. It's really quite simple. Thanks for thanks for allowing me to rant yeah. for forty five minutes and <laughs> Exactly. So I don't I don't think that's a secret tool by any means. And I think that there are like sort of way too many masterminds out there. So it's good to kind of like look in and, and get feedback from people that you know 
have been to them and make sure that it's right for you. But I think going to the high level events has really helped me on a, on a, not just like on a professional level, but on a personal level. And you know, now I have friends all over the world like yourself and it's just been tremendous. And I, yeah. I hate the, I kind of hate the quote, like your network is your net worth. Um, it's certainly like, I feel that that reigns true, but it also kind of like makes your connections seem like you're trying to monetize them, mm-hmm. which I don't really like about it. But like, it's, I, I'm a relationships person. I think that everything in business and life that I derive joy from comes from relationships. So the more I invest in, in getting in the room with the right people and, or just going and visiting people in a city and connecting with a, yeah, you know, a new yeah. community and reconnecting, um, has paid off a lot of dividends for me. So that's, it's my, my secret trick that's behind the veil is just getting out there and, and being with the right people. Being with the right people. And you know, that's how I ended up as well, being in Baby Bath Water. I had uh, five people that I admire and respect, and uh, they were part of it. And they said, you must go, you must go, you must go. I'm like, okay, I got five people that I respect. They tell me to go, I go. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't need yeah. any more signs. Okay, it's clear. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, sometimes like the right community, I found that appears to you in some sort of ways. Uh, yeah. You have a connection and suddenly you find that all the people that you want to be connected with or that you are connected with, suddenly they are part of it. It's like, yeah. but how did I not know about this? <laughs> yeah. um, all right, Alex, it's been a, a, absolutely a fantastic interview. Thank you for your time. I'm sure that Thank our listeners... Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm sure that really our listeners, they, they want to get in touch with you. They might want to help as well with their e-commerce brand or helping with their business. So um, how can they get in touch with you and how they can reach out to you? The best place would be just on on like Facebook or Instagram, uh, my accelerator, and I guess a bit of a media channel where I interview some great people, sort of like yourself, um, people that are building e-commerce brands. It's called e-commerce Rockstars. So if you search e-commerce Rockstars on Facebook or Instagram, that'd sort of be the best place to get to know me a little bit better. You can contact me through there if you want more info or uh, if you have questions. I love helping people. Anybody that this is triggered like you know, sort of a deeper question about their brand or about, you know, how to get started, I'm happy to point you in the right direction. Brilliant. E-commerce rockstars on Facebook or the website. And the link is in the show notes. So you can just scroll down, click the link right now and then connect with Alex. Uh, so then you can see as well. Uh, probably you're going to have also past interview, I'm assuming. So you can start as well seeing the, the interviews that you've already done, the one that are coming up and then ask for, for his help um, if it's relevant for you. All right, Alex, again, thank you very, very much for joining me and joining us on the show explode your expert business show thanks again thanks so much for having me it was fun thank you for listening to explode your expert business show if you enjoyed the interview please subscribe to the show and leave us a review every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get so it might be you make sure you give us a review it means the world to us and that's how we can help us grow the show Also remember to download the expert business checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz 
or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.